Hi to all amazing sensitive minds and welcome to the seventh episode of the Great Sensitive Mind podcast. I'm very sorry to take a bit longer this time, but I was unexpectedly sick and had to recover properly. But don't worry, I have been busy and have two episodes that are connected ready for you. Both will be about HSPs and relationships. Here are my usual comments, which I begin with. Firstly, I recommend to continue with my trailer episode zero, where you can learn about my podcast in general and then follow up with the rest of the episodes if you started with this episode as first. Secondly, when talking about HSPs, I am taking a lot of information from books and websites about this trait, mostly written by Dr. Elaine Aron. And the last note, when I say HSPs, I mean the highly sensitive people. In this episode, I will start the topic of romantic relationships, or as I say, partnerships of highly sensitive people in a more introduction way, as I believe that this topic deserves to be broadened up in more episodes as well. I must say that I have not read the highly sensitive person in love book yet, but of course I am planning to. However, I believe that I have gathered enough information to start with this topic. So here's what I will talk about today. Firstly, I will define romantic relationships in general and its stages. Then I will talk a bit about how HSPs define romantic relationships and also some significant moments that we, highly sensitive people, can get into while being in a relationship. After that, I will talk about some tips and tricks regarding communicating in relationships. Then I will also mention some important parts that should be part of relationship. Then the next will be a difference between having a highly sensitive person or non-highly sensitive person partner. And at the end, I will also mention how to handle if the relationship cannot continue. So as I said, let's start with defining what a romantic relationship is. As we already know, we are all different and so are our needs and wishing when it comes to romantic relationships. Romantic relationship can be in generally defined as a relationship which includes closeness emotionally at a certain level of intimacy between two or more people and also includes a certain degree of sharing their lives together. Each of us requires some specific things with a specific level of them, aka the amount or kind of frequency of them. For example, for some relationship is about constant intimacy, hugs, kisses, cuddles. Some people don't require it at all. Some couples need to spend a huge amount of time together while the other ones are okay to reserve just a few hours a day or even a week for each other and are very satisfied. So there is no surprise that when it comes to not only HSPs and romantic relationships, we can come along some misunderstandings or day-to-day situations when it's important to realize this and what more that because of everyone's uniqueness, each relationship is unique too and needs a constant work on. 
After all, the most important thing to realize is that when it comes to a romantic relationship, it is about balancing the needs and wishes of each partner and mastering the compromising. a very nice article from Hired Perspective which describes five stages of a relationship. I put the link into the description of this episode so you can check it yourself. The first stage is the stage of falling in love where everything is exciting and new as they say. Your body is responding with excitement, butterflies in the stomach, pounding heart, your mind is only with that person. It is also good to find out if you both really wish to come to the second stage and continue with this relationship on more meaningful level. The second stage is the settling down. In this stage, you two become official partners and decide to commit to each other. More responsibilities over shared household or raising up children can come. The primary excitement is changed to a routine So it is good to figure out how to still find some sparkle in your relationship to spice it a little bit. The third stage is the hardest and as the article says, uh, and I agree, during this stage many relationships don't survive and have to end up. In this stage life takes hold. You start to wonder about the meaning of your current life. If your life really gave you what you wished for, uh, when the routine and laziness takes over, the excitement and spontaneity, you start uh, to wonder if any changes could be good. If couples don't work on this stage, it can lead to termination of the relationship. If you have passed stage three, congratulations. In stage four, you actually dive into a deeper understanding level. In this stage, you will realize that what you have, you are actually grateful for and happy for. You accept the reality of perhaps not managing everything you wished for or not trying all the stuff you once dreamed of, but at least now you can search for a way how to move forward and perhaps find some methods to bring your relationship into new dimension again which is actually already the last stage of moving forward together, where you let your partner and yourself decide to where next you wish to go together and how you can still let your relationship thrive. See, I or the article have not mentioned anything about age or periods of lives. Even though there might be some general patterns found in the society, we all know that it is not the same for everyone and it even changes generation after generation. While it was normal to have a family by the age of 25-50 years ago, nowadays seems to be more trendy to start your family and settlement in mid-30s. And both are of course fine. And why I am actually mentioning these stages? Well, I think that it is important to recognize in which stage you are and how to prepare for the next one. How to have your eyes always open and face the reality. Always remind yourself that it 
if you wish to work on your relationship it is important to tell yourself the truth and find a way how to make it better or keep it the same if you feel satisfied see most likely every relationship you go through will more or less pass these stages so you won't avoid the stage three that easily Many people think that by jumping from st stage three from the old relationship into the exciting stage one in the next relationship, they overcome the boredom that the previous relationship gave them. But as I said, the new relationship will most certainly come to stage three one time as well. Only if we acknowledge this, then we will be able to work on the relationship constantly and find ways how to always make it flourish. So how are romantic relationships for highly sensitive people? See, even Elaine in her book about HSPs says that the meaning of a romantic relationship is not the same for every highly sensitive person. As I just said, each of us has different requirements from the partnership. Highly sensitive people, though, might have some additional qualities. I don't particularly think that it is some disadvantage for a romantic relationship. Even though I can imagine that many of highly sensitive people tend to underestimate themselves, which can lead to undervaluing in the relationship and creating additional troubles which don't have to be there. Yet there still might be some qualities our trade gives us, which are good to look at. For example, Elaine says that we tend to fall in love harder, which is kind of understandable as we experience emotions in general on deeper level. The other significant aspect of our trait is our tendency to feel overwhelmed, which in relationship can be recurring quite often, especially in later stages when living with partner can bring a lot of compromises and can make us overwhelmed in daily routines that are not always easy. Elaine also mentions another case of overwhelming love, which is the one that is unrequited or rejected and we feel miserable after giving everything to this person. But sometimes the intensity of our endeavor rather drives off the other person, which we accept very hard. Easily explained, it has to do with one's inner life that tends to be protecting itself from the outer, unexpected, full of unknowns world. Yet, as this inner life wants to compensate its protection by finding something it desires, yet it's still not actually possible to reach in reality, aka projects its ideal loved one into person that cannot fulfill one's desires. So yes, our shyness and cautiousness can bring us into some struggles without the world, but it is important for us to realize that we are a part of society and earlier than later, finding a real relationship will be necessary. Which brings me to another aspect of high sensitivity, which is the ability to spot subtle details and changes in surroundings. In relationship, it is both advantage and disadvantage. I would say the key is to know how to use it. 
we will most likely find small details about our partner that even he or she might not know about themselves. We will notice small changes in behavior and try to find the reasons why our partner changed. This, of course, can lead to reading between lines, how we say, or adding some things that are not necessary there. I strongly recommend to keep the communication going on and rather than guessing, ask your partner straight away about the change and what is behind it. I have mentioned it at the beginning of this subtopic, but not just while falling in love or have an intensive attraction, we highly sensitive people process all of the emotions deeper, thus even the less pleasant ones can turn into a breakdown. These situations often remind me of volcanoes or geysers. The more emotions we build up and not ventilate regularly, the bigger will it be the eruption after when one time it will be just too much to keep inside. And the more difficult it will be for the partner to handle at that time. So again, my recommendation is to include communication about emotions into your daily talks and don't be afraid about your emotions and to describe what you really feel at that certain moment. If you wish to know more about emotions, I recommend to listen to my podcast episode number five. And of course, I should not forget about the aspect of sensitivity itself, aka how intense do we, highly sensitive people, sense taste, smell, hear, etc. Again, it is quite connected to the well-known overwhelming feeling. And again, even in this case, it is important to communicate and set up boundaries. As you and your partner can sense things in different level, so what might be fine for one doesn't have to be fine for the other. Don't be afraid and ask for some compromises or requests how to change the situation so that you feel better. Now, the often mentioned importance of communication. I have already mentioned this in the episode about relationship in general, not just romantic ones, so I recommend again to listen to the episode 4. But to be honest, being in a partnership, especially the long-term relationship, requires constant communication and also mastering the actual method of communicating. See, communication is not just about exchanging information. It is also about other aspects. I recommend to read Elaine's book, The Undervalued Self, where she has some helping methods for communication. Anyway, while communicating, we should always respect some rules. We should understand what communication is about. The aim of correct communication is to exchange the ideas and thoughts in order to understand each other and what more in cases of disagreement to find a compromise or resolution that will suit both parties. Communication is about listening carefully each other not just what they say as the information, but also to understand why they say that and the value of their sides of story. To respect 
that each of us has right to feel differently about situations and not to feel that only one must be always right and the other one wrong. It is also about respecting that sometimes we won't meet, meet each other's desires and won't be able to find the perfect solution. But that is also part of a relationship. We should treat communication as one of the most important and always present tool of improving and moving the relationship forward. After all, how else we could describe what is going on inside us and around us if not through communication? We should not be afraid of talking about topics that are not pleasant uh, and may be a little bit harsh. Also be honest to each other. But always remember, honesty without tact is cruelty and you certainly don't want to hurt your partner's feelings. Here are some tips and tricks how to improve the communication. If you find out that you don't communicate enough or not profoundly enough, start with setting up a frequent time devoted only for the communication. At least once in a week you should sit down and bring up topics that you wish to discuss and find a solution for. If you do communicate but find no results to your discussions, try to look what is making it fail. Maybe when you sit down to talk, you still have some interruptions going on during your talk. Children around, TV at the background, phone. In this case, try to make your place as calm and without any interruption. Turn off the devices, set up the time for children to be out of home or sleeping. It is very important that you will both stay focused during the conversation. Also both prepare for the conversation. Write down the topics you wish to speak about. Not too many or rather find more times for discussions and devote each topic to one time. Don't get too much emotional during the discussion. Sometimes highly sensitive people tend to overthink and especially if there is a time of receiving some harsh or critical comments, we can take it badly. Always try to understand that even the criticism isn't easy for your partner to give, but the honesty has to be there. Try to understand it and find a solution for it. But also remember that to criticize over small details or too much in general isn't good. We all must accept that no one is perfect and we all have our flaws. You should know by now about your sensitive trait enough to always explain yourself to your partner in case of misunderstandings or simple cases that I have mentioned above and are concerning the aspects of your trait. Another important note to mention is that each of you during your discussion should receive a proper amount of time that is sufficient for telling the other your thoughts and in general your side of story, so to speak. Good manners like not jumping into his or her speech, not to shout at each other, listen attentively, give enough time to explain are essential. Also, don't be afraid to ask for clarification if you don't understand something for the first time or you just want to reassure that you understand. 
Actually, as a matter of fact, it is very helpful to always repeat after your partner finishes what you heard and how you understood what you heard. That can be a good recapitulation and also confirmation for your partner that he or she explained him herself understandably. The last but not least, if you feel that the conversation doesn't go anywhere and you have spent more time with it than you agreed on, don't be afraid to end this conversation and set up another time for it again. Maybe you will come with some fresh ideas and thoughts that can help. pause over some essential elements that should not be missing in any relationship. First of all, as I just spoke about, daily communication, both casual and deep. The next core factor is boundaries. I believe we spoke about this in general regarding high sensitivity, but in partnerships it's even more crucial that you set up your boundaries. Simply said, boundaries are hypothetical limits of any situations or activities that the other person shouldn't cross in order to keep us happy and content. Let's say a simple example of going out with friends. If you don't like your partner to come late or get drunk after going out with friends, you should set up a boundary and tell him or her why you don't like it and maybe suggest how many times or when it's okay for him to go out and when it's too much or what time is it okay to come back or and what is too late don't mix it up with grounding someone or controlling someone's life you cannot ban your partner from doing something he or she enjoys but that's why the communication and finding compromises is so essential. You allow your partner to go out, but you have your conditions. And this goes vice versa. And many other examples that I can just talk about. Uh, I found in general that there are situations that are serious, which should always have set up boundaries. Like cheating physical or mental abuse or financial situation or some less serious like those more annoying things partners can do and we should search for the middle way to keep each party satisfied. In case that the boundaries are not respected or ignored you must give yourself a final point when you end the relationship as the situations rather cause your, you harm or stress. Another essential aspect is to find enough time for yourself and enough time for being with your partner together. Both of these times are important and should not be overlooked, especially for highly sensitive people. The time alone is important and we should always find a proper time for our recharge uh, and so as we should find a proper time to spend with our partner especially when having children or a lot of work. Frequently holiday times, which can be even just for a weekend in a place where nothing can interrupt our time together is very important. 
or some common hobbies like sport, nature, art, anything that we both can enjoy will help to intensify our bond. Don't be afraid to try new things. Me and my partner, for example, try new restaurants once in a while as we both like food and different kinds of cuisines. Or just a simple walk outside surrounded by nature can give a lot, believe me. Intimacy is, I believe, another crucial aspect of a relationship that you should be working on regularly. We each need different amounts and different frequency of intimate time, but it is always important that we find a balanced approach together that can satisfy both parties. See, this topic, especially when it comes to sex, is unfortunately still taboo even inside relationships. To speak about your inner sexual or sensual desires might seem awkward even in front of your partner. Don't be afraid to speak up about them. After all, your partner should know the true you with all your wishes and needs. Sex is a natural way. Unfortunately, church made it a bit on the background, but it is a part of nature. On the other hand, if you feel that you don't need that much intimate time, it is also fine. Again, it is about finding a balanced way to meet needs of both parties. I would only put a little note here, especially for the ones that have experienced bad situations concerning intimacy and ghost trauma, being sexually abused or raped, etc. It is very important that you speak about this with someone either someone from your close relatives or friends or a therapist. There are many like you, believe me. You are not alone and people will help you if you ask for help, especially the professionals. The last aspect of a partnership that I think uh, is important is sharing. Actually, I believe that this aspect can be found in all of the previous ones. Sharing views, ideas, beliefs, hobbies, favorites, etc. can surely benefit the partnership. Sharing is connected to linking and as many of you remember from my previous episode, linking is a core aspect of any close relationship. For those who don't understand, I recommend to either read Elaine's book The Undervalued Self or listen to my podcast episode number four. So what is the difference between being in a relationship with highly sensitive or non-highly sensitive partner? I bet that many of you already thought about if your partner is or is not highly sensitive and tried to compare what you do and what he or she does or how do you behave in a certain situation and how he or she behaves in this situation instead. I would say that there is a big difference between having a highly sensitive partner or having a non-highly sensitive one. Even though we can still say that there might be some traits that would be more common in a relationship with two HSPs and with one of each side. Two highly sensitive people can perhaps understand each other's trait more and the communication can be more profound as they are better listeners and 
founders of small nuances in general. On the other hand, there might be some difficult situations for the couple when it comes to activities that are sometimes necessary but unwillingly done by highly sensitive people, like approaching a stranger or finding out a way in a busy place. As for non-highly sensitive people, the difficulty can be to actually understand high sensitivity and needs of their highly sensitive partner. There also might be tricky situations with being more outgoing or and bold, so to speak, that the highly sensitive person that needs more personal space and recharging times. But however, in general, I think it is about finding what are the strengths and weaknesses of each partner and use them in the relationship to complement each other and be a good team because every good team needs different kinds of people with various qualities and characters. And what if the partnership has to end? As I've mentioned in the different stages of a relationship, there might be moment when it's necessary to end the relationship as it doesn't go forward anymore. It is often very painful and especially for highly sensitive people can cause deep wounds and even traumas. We tend to blame ourselves for not doing enough or doing wrong and basically thinking that it is mostly our fault that the relationship has ended. Of course it would take many hours for me to try to point out every possible cause of ending a relationship and try to analyze why is it so, but I will rather point out some general thoughts here. First of all, what we should realize is that in cause of partnership, it always takes two. So even in case of termination, it must be done upon the result of mutual behavior and actions. Of course, there might be stronger percentage leaning towards one party, but to cover cover it with blame or fault is not good at all. I think that we can divide ending relationship into three simple categories. It finishes either on good terms or somewhere in the middle or sadly on bad terms. Good for everyone if you have terminated your partnership in good terms. In this case, you both usually mutually agree that you cannot see the future together and you will depart with any hard feelings. Of course, it can be still painful, but it can help us move forward more quickly and don't take any thoughts of failure with us to our next relationship. No one to blame, no one to put fault to. We accept that the life goes on and we can at least learn from it for our next relationship. The middle part is tricky to describe. It is In this case, it is really somewhere in the middle. Maybe you are happy for the partnership to end as you were not feeling happy in it, but you may feel blame towards your children or commitments you have made together already and are difficult to solve building a house, sharing a company, even having a pet together. Here it really works if you speak together and make a plan for each thing, how to solve it for the future in the best way. Maybe you will even need a third party to help you with this. There is definitely some work to be done even after the breakup. The last case is the most painful. 
you terminate your relationship because of some very painful situation that can be anywhere from betrayal or abuse, infidelity to mistreatment, etc. These are not nice, but should be dealt very carefully, mostly for the person that has been hurt. I know it is not easy to get out of a relationship where you are being misused, especially if you still have strong feelings towards your partner. Many of people also feel that they won't be able to stand on their own two feet, so to speak, and move on alone. I wish I could have a simpler recipe here for everyone, but I don't. The only thing I believe is the best is to find a help from outside your family, friends, even work or some organizations that can help people to move out from a painful relationship because it is really a lot of work. But all in all, it's always good to find a way how to move forward and learn from your previous relationship in case of a breakup. It is also important to believe in yourself and believe that you can move on try again and find your happiness with someone else. After all, there is plenty of people to choose from. It only depends on how much you try to look for them. I hope I have said the most important thoughts about partnerships, but of course, as usual, I have no doubt there will be more episodes to come about other topics connected to partnerships. My next one will be about the attachment theory, aka different relationship attachment styles that are created in our childhood and can influence how we behave in a relationship. As usual, please follow me on my Instagram, The Great Sensitive Mind Podcast, or you can also contact me via my email address, which you can find in the description. Thank you everyone for listening and being here with me today. Have a lovely day. Bye.